Uh, spiritual gifts can be like a half a year series all by itself. So this is going to be like a really big paintbrush, very broad stroke. It's not going to be a little minute little thing and give a little information about just to kind of whet your appetite. And we'll give you opportunity to dig deeper into it if you would like. In fact, this week, if you have um, a subscription to our weekly email, you're going to receive an email uh, with an opportunity to take a spiritual gifts test. And so I would encourage you, if you don't sign up, go ahead and sign up at our website and be a part of that and take the test and, and uh, print it off and just kind of see if it lines up with what your heart is and where your passions are. Um, when I took the test, uh, my three high things were shepherding, exhortation, and teaching. Those were my three strong suits. And through the years, I've learned to embrace my gifting and I've learned to uh, mature in it and I've learned to dabble in it and get stronger in it. I've learned to try things out and, and hone it into a place where I'm very uh, confident in my gift and knowing who I am. And I would love for each one of us to have that same understanding of your gift and walk in it and make a difference. So we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And if you have your physical Bible, I like to bring my physical Bible to church. Now, I know I'm old. Thank you. I'm old school. Season. Thank you. Season. I love that word. That's a great word. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be misinformed. I don't want you to misunderstand the things about spiritual gifts. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There's, there's something that happens within your heart when you awaken to the Spirit of God in your life and then you understand what it means to call him as your Lord and your Savior. I'd like to believe that everybody in this room understands that. But you don't get to do that until you understand by the Holy Spirit of what he has done in your life and what he wants to do. It goes on to say there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God, who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same... Are you catching the, the theme here? By the same Spirit, by the same Spirit, by the same Lord, it keeps on going on and on to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same works all these things, distributing them according individually as he wills. So we understand that there's a diversity of the gifts. It was about three weeks ago that we were at a MFI regional 
Pastors Leaders Conference in Spokane Valley. Our whole team was there, and uh, for most of the sessions, I sat with our team, but on this one particular session, I was sitting all by myself. I was sitting just to the left, and I was sitting in the second row right on the end, and there was this lady that was two seats over from me. We never said hello. We never talked. We didn't high-five. We didn't introduce ourselves. We were just there. We went through the worship together. We went through the teaching together. It was wonderful. And when it was all over, we were breaking for lunch or breaking for a breakout. I don't remember. She came over to me and she said, excuse me, sir, but I felt the Lord say, I would like to say something to you. Would that be okay? So number one, when you have a gift and you, and you understand that gift, it takes a little bit of courage and a little bit of guts. The... The miracle for Peter wasn't necessarily walking on water. It was getting out of the boat. And this lady got out of the boat, and she came over and said this to me. She said, um, sir, I don't know you, but I'm, I'm sensing the Lord's impressing on my heart that maybe you've gone through some kind of a, a family crisis or a health crisis, and, and I just want you to know that God's not done with you. He says he's still got more in store for you. Oh, she had no idea. I wouldn't know her if we were walking down Coeur d'Alene together today and we walked by each other. I would have no idea who she was. Now, she had no idea I had cancer. She had no idea I came through all that. No idea at all. Now, I wasn't emotionally erect, and so I wasn't like bawling in the row and, <laughs> you know, and where she would come and think maybe, oh, maybe something's wrong with you. No, she didn't do that. Not, not at all. But you know how I received that? I received that as encouragement as um, an exhortation. Thank you, Lord. You see me. You hear me. You know, I might be 65, but I'm not done. There's still some tread on the tires. You can still use me. I, I, you know what? I don't have to be a greeter at Walmart. I can still do what I love to do, what I have a passion to do. Isn't that cool? And God can still use you too. It was 1982. I was in Youth with a Mission in Tacoma, Washington, a school called Discipleship Training School, YWAM, Young Women After Men. My wife says it's young wolves after maidens, but it's a discipleship school, and it's a six-month school. Three months, you get teaching, intense teaching, where they assault your heart every week. And then three months, you go on the road on a mission. And so a different teacher would come in every week and kind of really assault us. So this guy, his name is Dr. Don Treadwell. Treadwell, yes. He had a prophetic gift. Now, I'm not real well-versed in the prophetic. That's just not my jam. And uh, it was like the sound every day. And so Monday he gets up and he's prophesying or he's calling people out and he, you know, he would say like, you know, Bethany, I have this word for you and blah, 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 blah. You know, and Bethany goes, oh, oh, oh. So, so I'm watching all this. Now think of this. I've been a youth pastor. I've graduated from Bible college. So I'm just, you know, I'm, a, I'm you know, the resident youth pastor on staff or not on staff. I was a student. And this is what I said to myself. Huh. Well, if this guy is so much a God, why doesn't he just point me out and give me a word? The whole week goes by. Nothing. 
gets to Friday, nothing. He's prophesying, praying over people. I mean, he's just calling it out. It's just really awesome. So then he says, this is the last session. If you've never been prayed for and you'd like to be prayed for, I'm happy to minister over you. So finally, I go forward. And there's a line of people, and he goes down the line, and he's just, you know, he's praying for people. Some are falling under the power of the Holy Spirit. Some are getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, stuff is happening. He gets to me, and he stops. (laughs) And he looks me eyeball to eyeball. And this is exactly what he said. It's about time you came forward. (laughs) He says, I've been waiting for you all week. I had a word for you on the first day. But the Lord really impressed on me that I was to wait until you came forward. Ho, ho, ho. Hello, you have my attention. And he began to minister over me some profound words. Isn't it wonderful to operate in your gift? And to see how God can use you in your gift and how it can encourage others and minister to other people. There aren't too many more profound things in life than to be able to be a part of that in partnering with the Lord. There's a lot of unknown factors about spiritual gifts. And as pastors, it's kind of freaky. And I'll be honest, lots of times we want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because it's just too scary, right? Because, you know, I, this might be news to you, but I like to be in control. Ask my, oh, what did you say? <laughs> I like to drive the car. And sometimes we're driving down the road and Susan was like, well, you know, you could have gone that way and you should have gone. Around. Why did you go this way? And I look at her and I go, excuse me, I thought I was driving the car. <laughs> I like to do that. But you know what? I think that we make a mistake in Christianity when we don't embrace the full counsel of the whole word of God. Do you realize that we believe the whole Bible? You know, the Bible is not a smorgasbord. Now, you might not understand that word. That's an old word. Uh, It's like a buffet. It's like the Golden Corral, okay? Where, you know what? I love to go to the Golden Corral. Okay, I'm sorry. I do. And I love to have roast beef. And I love to have mashed potatoes and gravy, and I like ketchup on my beef, and I like to have corn, and I'll have salad. But I, you know what? Asparagus, not for me. <laughs> Brussels sprouts, not so much. And I will pick and choose what I want to eat. You can't do that with this. The Bible is what it is. It is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And so we need to embrace it. And some will say, well, you know, the gifts were then. They're not for now. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, wrong. (laughs) They are for today because it's in the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I'll stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Some of you can understand that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I got to figure out how to make this so it doesn't time out. I'm still learning. Hallelujah. Don't be misinformed about spiritual gifts. So let's talk about some practical stuff. Spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, you can't operate in the spiritual gift unless you've got the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness. If you don't have any of that, honey, you can't operate in the spiritual gift. Does that make sense? 
So you should already be. So if you aren't doing that, that's really the first thing you need to do. They're not personality types. We have different personality types. Don't, no, that's not what the spiritual gifts are. They're not natural abilities or natural talents from birth. Some people have a musical talent. Uh, Seth can sing like a canary. I mean, the guy is amazing. Aslan, I could, I could listen to Aslan sing all day long. Yes, there's people that have that gift. That's wonderful. There's people that have a carpentry skill that can create stuff, can make stuff with wood and, and, and stuff. I can't. My dad, you want to know how old I am? I, say, how old are you, Stephen? I'm so old that when I was a kid, we had to go to an outhouse to go potty. Come on. My dad pastored a little tiny country church at a crossroads. There was no stoplight, a crossroads in Kinburn, Ontario, Canada. And there was a parsonage, and we would actually have to go out of the house and go into the field where the little hut was, where we would have our little, our, do our business. Well, my dad was so talented that he made an indoor plumbing thing, and we got to go inside the house. Uh-huh, yeah, for real. I don't have that gift. In fact, if anything needs to be fixed around the house, it's Susan. And if I walk around carrying some kind of a power tool, she's very concerned. But that's okay. I'm secure in my gift. Anybody ever gone golfing with uh, Craig Brown? Dude, I thought I was okay. And then I played with Craig. He hits it a mile high and a mile long. It's incredibly intimidating to play with him. But that's okay. My first name isn't Jack and my last name isn't Nicholas. I just enjoy playing the game and it's okay. I don't have to be jealous of his gift. God, I don't understand why you got that, but bro, it's awesome. Some of you are great at math. These are all natural things. We had a fellow in our church in Laramie, Wyoming. He said, uh, he was a police officer. He said, I can't ever get up and sing. I could never get up and preach. I can't lead a Bible study. I can't do any of that stuff. But pastor, if you ever need someone to make more parking for the church, he says, I'm your guy. Well, we had 11 acres of land, and we came to a place where we needed more parking. So he got out there with his survey equipment and, you know, the slope and the grade and the fall and the water and all blah, 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 blah. And then he brings his grader, and he grades it all out. And you say, well, whoop-de-doo, whoop-de-doo. Actually, it was a whoop-de-doo because we all have gifts. We all have differing gifts that we bring to the table, and we all bring honor and glory to God with our gift. Your spiritual gift is not something to give you self-identity or self-worth. It's not so that you can become a superstar. Bless God. Yes. I have the gift of prophecy. You know what you just told me? You don't have the gift of prophecy. 
Here's what spiritual gifts are. These are supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit at work in and through a believer in Jesus Christ. Whatever gift it is that you have, listen to this again. These are supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That's what your gift is. That's at work in and through you as a believer in Jesus Christ. That's what your gift is for. Your gift is to strengthen the whole. There needs to be, as we use our gifts, it strengthens all of us. There's something about your unique gift that helps all of us. Where's Enrique? Where are you? Bro, Enrique, who's now married, hallelujah. For three years I've been here. You keep standing at the door. You keep on welcoming people. You keep ushering. You keep ushering because you're an usher. He's helping the whole with what he does with a gift that God has given him. God will match your gift with your passion. And whatever that is, embrace it. Develop it. Let it mature. Own it. You will never be more satisfied with Jesus than when you are dialed into your spiritual gift. Years ago, we were youth pastors in California in Northridge. Um, our senior pastor's father died. I was like, I don't know, 31. I didn't say nothing. Didn't write him a card. Didn't offer condolences. Life just went on. Nothing. They never said, him and his wife never said anything to me. I never said anything to them. And then years later, we're leaving, and we had a little come-to-Jesus moment. And at that little moment, he reminded me that I said nothing. And he, I got spoken to about how insensitive I was and, and how could I be a youth pastor and how could I not care. And, boy, you got a lot to learn. You know, they were really wet behind your ears, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was a really, it was not a pretty time. Fast forward number of years, we are uh, associate pastors in Colorado, in Littleton, Colorado. They were now in Boulder, Colorado. We were at a, a district function together, uh, a, uh, a banquet, and my father had just died. And they were there, and I felt compelled of the Holy Spirit. I went over to them, I got on my knees in front of them, and I asked them to forgive me for not being sensitive, for not caring, for really missing it. Of course they were gracious and forgave me. But you know, I learned a very important lesson. The importance of, of, of understanding your... From that day forward, I now have a gift of helping those that grieve, of loving people, of caring. That's part of my gift as a shepherd, as someone who loves to exhort, to care, to teach to encourage. That's part of my wheelhouse. And I know that. And it's okay. Whatever your gift is, embrace it. Learn about it. Get better at it. You'll make mistakes, but continue to move on in God's grace. There's some different categories of spiritual gifts, and I'm not going to go into a lengthy manifestation gifts, which would be gifts that kind of speak of revelation. Things like wisdom, knowledge, discerning of spirits. There's power gifts, 
or ministry gifts, which would be things like gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of miracles. There's motivational gifts, which would be inspirational gifts, where we use these gifts to serve one another, to edify one another, to exhort one another, to comfort one another. And these gifts might be tongues or interpretation or prophecy, but one gift that it's not, a lot of us seem to have the gift of criticism. That's not really a gift of the Spirit. I'm just saying. But sometimes we as believers get caught up with the gift of criticism. Oh, I don't like that. Well, get over yourself. Build a bridge. There's different places where you can find a description of gifts. And you can find some information about gifts. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 8, talks about prophecy and serving and teaching and encouraging and giving and leadership and mercy. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about what we just did, wisdom and knowledge. Um, also, uh, office gifts, which are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So, for example, like the gift of wisdom, if someone has the gift of wisdom. Is there anybody you kind of think you might have the gift of wisdom here? Anybody? Okay. Okay, good, there's a few people. Do you know that you can have the same gift but a different way of expressing it? For example, if you have the gift of wisdom, you could be a teacher in Heart Kids and be sharing the gift of wisdom that you have with another generation. Uh, if you have the gift of wisdom, you could write a book. Uh, Pastor Ray Dean wrote a book, Heaven and Earth. And I know she's writing another one. I don't know the title of it, but... There's something about what she has experienced and her wisdom that she's written down, and now that gets to bless somebody else through her gift of wisdom. Yeah. There's a guy in our church, his name is Pastor Leo Kalor, 91 years old. He was a pastor in Japan for 68 years. He was a pastor in Japan longer than I've been alive. You want some wisdom? Go break bread with him. I've done that several times. And just to sit at the table and listen to the stories and listen to the wisdom and listen to the counsel that God has taken them through. Wise, wise, wise. So there's often you have a gift, but there's different ways that you can express that gift. Many parts, one body. One Lord. So, talking about the office gifts, I like to use this illustration of, of the hand in Ephesians. The hand is a great rep representation of the five office gifts. Did you know that your thumb, hold your thumb up. See, now the thumb is like the apostle. You know why? why? You say, well, why, Stephen, is this like the apostle? Well, it's like the apostle because it has easy access to all the other fingers. And that's kind of what an apostle does, right? Kind of roams around and gives counsel. Uh, uh, Pastor J.O. was like an apostle. Um, he sought after because of his uh, wisdom and apostle that, that God's gifted him with. So now this finger, this would be like your pointer finger. Guess what? The, get what gift this is. Prophet. Because a prophet is right or wrong. It's black or white. It's not gray, it's not fuzzy, it's not maybe, it's not kind of, it's very definite. And you know what? Prophets kind of, uh, they really don't have a whole lot of tact. 
they're kind of blunt. They're kind of hard to be around sometimes. You know, did they really say that? Whoa, dude, you know? Um, so that's cool. So then you have the middle finger. Now, okay, hey, be careful. The middle finger is like the evangelist. Why is it like the evangelist? Because it's the most extended. It's the one that stands above everybody else. It's someone who's got a passion for evangelism. So I'm, I immediately think of Zach, and I think of Logan. So about three years ago, we're on our way to Portland for a, a pastor's conference, and we stop at this little out-of-the-way gas station. You know, I'm thinking we're just getting gas, and we're going to get a snack. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I've got my administration gift going here. It's really cool. And we get out of the van, and there goes Zach, Logan. They're out on the street talking to people that are thumbing a ride or, or just are hanging around. They're, tell, they're telling them about Jesus. They're telling them, hey, we're on the way to a pastor's conference. Do you know Jesus? I mean, that's the, that's the heart and soul of an evangelist. I mean, they were just operating in your gift. Wouldn't you say that? A like hundred million percent. I mean, Zach will walk downtown and he'll just walk up to anybody and just start talking to them about Jesus. Not everybody has that gift. Now, this one is like the pastor shepherd. Well, there's a ring here, so that means it's, it's a covenant relationship. So a man who's a shepherd, who cares over souls, who watches after people, who's in, who wants relationship, who really wants to spend time with you. That's a wonderful gift. And the last one is the teacher. The teacher is your little pinky. Now, why is, it, why is your pinky? The, because the teacher can get into all those little places that all the other fingers can't get into. And the teacher will say, you got stuff in your eye. You're slobbering, you need to clean yourself up. And, and they're not afraid to do that because that's what teachers do. So we all have different parts, we're all different people, we all have different gifts, but the same Lord. Romans 12, 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us. So the gift, God's given you grace for your gift. Now, that grace might be something you need to grow in. It might be something you need to exercise. Love my biceps, eh? <laughs> hey, you know, did you know, by the way, that I got my appetite back? Yeah. Some, some of you come up to me and say, you're putting on a little bit of weight there, Pastor. You chowing it down now? What's going on with you? Yeah, I'm going to have to go on a program. So your gift will operate in proportion to your faith. So if it's prophecy, prophesy. You might miss it sometime. That's okay. If it's ministry, minister. If it's teaching, teach. If it's exhorting, exhort. If it's giving, give. So there was a group of seven people that went out for breakfast. And each one of these people of the seven, each one had a gift. They're representing seven of the gifts, seven of the gifts. And so they're all waiting for breakfast, and the server comes out and has a platter of all the breakfast, and the server drops all the breakfast on the ground. So now we have a crisis. So immediately, all the gifts go into action. So there's the perceiver. 
I think we got it on the slide if you can find it. Or the perceiver would be the prophet. This is what the prophet might say in a situation like this. That's what happens when you're not careful. <laughs> Their motivation is to correct the situation. The server in the group would say, oh, let me help you clean it up. They see a need and they want to fulfill that need. A server is easy to spot at a potluck. They just help put up tables, put up chairs, take them down, pick up garbage. They're just finding a place to serve and serving. They just love to do that. There's mercy. Oh, don't feel badly. It could have happened to all of us. And their purpose, their heart is to relieve embarrassment because they really, they feel, they're feelers. They're the feelers where they feel, oh, they must feel, so they want to help with that. Then there's the teacher. The reason that fell is because one side of the tray is too heavy and the other side didn't have enough weight on it and so it was unbalanced and had you put them properly on the tray in proper order according to their weight and size if you would have measured it you would have had a much more balanced presentation and therefore the truth of the matter is you never would have spilled it wow thanks teacher captain obvious so they're just pointing out what happened <laughs> appreciate that then there's the exhorter and the exhorter might say, well, next time, why don't we all go into the kitchen and help bring all the stuff out? Why don't we all work together so we can do this together as a team? Because we're a team together. They want to correct things in the future. Then there's a giver. And the giver would say, hey, how about I take us all out for breakfast and it's all on me. Ah, just leave that alone. Come on, let's hop in the van and let's go out for breakfast and I'll pay for breakfast for everybody. That's what a giver would do. And then there's the administrator who would just jump to action. Well, Jim, would you go and get the mop? Sue, would you go and help pick up the things off the floor? And Mary, why don't you run into the kitchen and see if you can round up some eggs and some bacon, and maybe we can do something else. Can you just see the administrator kind of going to I think about Amber for that. You know, Amber's just a, she's like an administrator on steroids. I mean, she just kind of leads us along as a staff, and she knows where things are supposed to be and what we all can do to put it together. There's something very important about all of us operating and working and living and fulfilling our purpose and our gift. But I do want to, I want to share a disclaimer. If you don't have love, you don't have a gift. If it's something you use to lord over someone, I'm sorry, then you're not operating in the gift. Be kindly affectionate to one another. You're not better than anybody else. Your gift is no much better than anybody else. The guy who's out there in the parking lot waving signs or the person who's helping in, in Heart Kids Ministry or the person who's running the camera right now or is up in the booth watching our online stuff is just as important as all the other gifts. Here's a very important thing. As much as it depends on you, it says in Romans chapter 12, live at peace with all men. Oh, yeah, people will be upset. There's going to be stuff you're going to come across. You're going to blow it. You're going to mess it up. That's okay. There's room for that. There's grace for that. People might even be upset with you sometime. That's okay. 
As far as it concerns you, be at peace with all men. Take care of your own heart. Don't worry about everybody else. All the gifts are useful for building God's kingdom. You can't say, well, because I'm a hand, I'm just no use to the body. Or because I'm an ear, I'm useless. Or because I'm an eye, I have no use. Or because I'm the little toe of the church. <laughs> whoop de doo I'm the little toe. <laughs> have you ever stubbed your toe in the middle of the night going to the fridge? How does that feel? Oh, it's no big deal. It's just a little toe. It's a big deal. I mean, when I'm walking in the middle of the night, going up and down or whatever, you know, you do, I'm, I'm feeling for stuff. You know, it doesn't matter the size. Each of you got a little piece here when you came in here. Some of you got little tiny Lego pieces. Some of you got big ones. It doesn't matter the size of your gift. Whatever your gift is, it's a very important ingredient for God's purpose in your life. Do you know that attending church is not the sum total of your spiritual responsibility? Did you really say that? Did I say that out loud? Attending church is not the sum total of your spiritual responsibility. The sum total of your spiritual responsibility is not taking up a chair on Sunday morning. It's got to be more than that. Don't shoot the messenger. Oh, but we get very comfortable, don't we? Here it is. Together we do the work of the ministry. Together we serve. Together we build bridges. Together we make a difference. There's someone in our first service, his name is Clyde. Two and a half years ago, he was on his deathbed. Some kind of a rare disease. I visited him in the hospital many times. He didn't have a very good prognosis, like it was going to be done. Well, he's completely recovered. He still walks with two canes like this. You know what he did? He came to me, and he said, I want to, I want to serve. I want to do something. Would it be okay if I just came to the church during the week and just walked the property and picked up garbage? So here he is walking around with his little cane, his little sticks, and he's got one of those garbage grabbers where you don't have to bend down, and he, and he puts it in a garbage bag, and I'll see him just walking around our property, praying at the same time and using a wonderful gift to honor the Lord. Where's Ron? Is Ron here? Stand up, Ron. I call him the cookie monster. He's the cookie man. Last year, his whole family took on a ministry of giving out cookies. Oh, come on. For real? Giving out cookies? Yes. In fact, for the months of June, July, and August, if you want to be on the cookie team, we're going to have a tent in the parking lot, and we're going to just welcome people as they come on and give them a cookie. And if you want to say, hey, I can do one Sunday in July or I can do one Sunday in August, talk to him. He'll put you on the team. 
I mean, there's nothing greater than a big smile and get, hey, have a cookie. And you never know where it's going to lead or what it's going to mean. Crystal. There's something on you, girl. Now, I just observe. I'm just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a nobody. Or as Pastor Jay would say, I'm just a donkey. So here's the deal. There's something about you that's on you in the gift of healing and praying for people. If I'm sick, I want you praying for me. Now, is she the healer? No. But there's something about she has a partnership with the Lord, and, and together they just bring that faith, and that's really awesome. When I was in the midst of my cancer, uh, a pastor who, he, he was a volunteer pastor at our church in Laramie and then went out and planted his own church. He's from Kenya, and we're talking on the phone in the midst of my cancer journey, and he says, Pastor Stephen, I'd like to pray for you. I said, great, let's set up a Zoom call and we'll do it. He says, no, you don't understand. I've already bought my airplane ticket and I'm coming tomorrow. He was only here 24 hours. I gathered about 20 people. We met in the vertical room and he prayed because there's a gift on him for healing. Hallelujah. So was it the doctor that healed me or was it God that healed me? Yes. Did you catch that? Janelle, where are you? I love it when you dance. There's something about when you dance that the Spirit of God's all over it. I think it's a gift. You don't want to see me dance. <laughs> I did that once in a, a church staff Christmas thing where all the pastors, we did the nutcracker suite and we were dressed with those little thingies. And we were doing... There's some things that you can't unsee. <laughs> that was one thing. Honey, you don't want to see me dance, but you know what? I want to see you dance because when you dance, it leads me to Jesus. There's something of a conduit of his grace that flows through you, through the arts that God has given you. I, I exhort you in that. I encourage you in that. You know, if you want to learn more about your gift, uh, we have a thing called Growth Track. The first three Sundays of every month, we meet at the 909. You'll learn about our DNA. You'll learn about uh, things that are important to us. And we'll help you discover some of your gift. We also have a class uh, that goes twice a year. It's called Brush Fires, where you'll understand your design. And uh, actually, Susan and I are in that right now. And the next one's going to be in October. These are opportunities we afford to you so that you can discover more about your gift. So I want you to take your... Lego piece. This is your gift. Represents your gift. Now I want you to go ahead and build something. Go ahead. Build some kind of a awesome thing with your piece. You're looking at me kind of weird. Because you can't do it alone, can you? It's not about me, myself, and I. But look what happens when you connect your gifts with other gifts. We can build something amazing when all of us operate in our gifts as the body of Christ. What do you think Heart of the City can do? When we're doing our stuff together, what do you think we can do for Coeur d'Alene? What do you think we can do for Kootenai County? 
What do you think we can do for the state of Idaho? What do you think we can do for the Western United States of America? What do you think we can do for our country? If we all do our part. I have a little 11-year-old boy that put all this together. Cooper, where are you? Stand up, Cooper. This young man, look at that. Thank you, Cooper. Cooper Thomas. He was so excited to do this little project for me. There he is right there. Isn't that cool? All made out of Legos. All made out of gifts. Think of each little Lego piece as our gift, connecting it and putting it together. Last scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you. That's a very strong word. I beseech you. I implore you. I beg you. I want you. You must. It goes on to say, by the mercies of God that you would present your bodies or present your gift as a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable and a reasonable service unto God. Whatever it is, God wants you to give it to him. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Each one of you has received a gift. <laughs> I like that. We're pretty close to football season. And uh, by the way, the Broncos are going to kill it this year. <laughs> I know that doesn't go over so well with JL, but to be a receiver, what do you have to do? You got to receive, right? Each one of you has received a gift. Embrace it. Love it. And it goes on to say, minister that gift to one another and be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. There's something about your gift. Manifold grace of God. Manifold, I know it's not a car thing. It means different things. Manifold, I think talks about colors all coming together and being very impactful. But in the sense of scripture, manifold is all of God's wisdom, all of God's authority, all of God's knowledge, all of God's power, all coming together with your gift when you submit it to him will make an eternal impact in the lives of people. And there's nothing more fulfilling as a believer in Jesus Christ is activating your gift and seeing God do something amazing. I don't know about you, but when I die, I would love it for people to be moving on in Jesus because of something that I was able to use my gift for, to encourage them and to love them. I hope that this is encouraging you and stimulating you and stirring you up. Stir up the gift. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me?